Welcome everyone to the third episode of Wellness Mastery with me, Dr. Detoy. Today's episode is delving into the another pillar of the seven pillars of health or the seven foundations of health. And we'll be delving into the importance of having deep and meaningful connections in our lives vis-a-vis relationships with other human beings, or as I like to call it, community as medicine. Today's episode delves and builds deeply on the previous two episodes, so I'd encourage you to watch them. And just to briefly recap, episode one delved into the healing power of nature and how to disconnect from the distractions of life in the Western rat race and technology and finding healing and balance by spending more time um, outdoors. That episode particularly delves into the whole concept of what the industrial revolution has done to us, what has actually contributed as deeply to the loss of deep connection with other people and ourselves as anything. So do listen to that. And episode two delved into um, the power of being present and having inner stillness. You can call it meditation um, or um, having a quiet mind. Um, so that delves deeply into how to cultivate a life of inner peace and balance, which actually leads to to be able to be present, actually building, you know, real deep relationships with other people because you're there and present to actually listen to what other people are saying and doing. So to kick us off, I uh, recently uh, rented a movie called Blackberry. Um a fictional account of the whole story of the BlackBerry cell phone. Many of you will remember the rise and fall of that amazing cell phone company. I know for us in South Africa, it really was an exceptional um, device that um, all of my friends used and many people in South Africa did and I loved it and I was very sad to see it fade away and die. I never knew why until I watched this documentary and I encourage everyone to watch it because it's such a powerful um, lens to view through what work culture has actually become, how um, devastating it is when uh, individuals um, in in business and work pursue money as the only goal and literally bully and um, you, you could say uh, shout and uh, kind of like uh, destroy people and relationships because of the pursuit of you know, financial success. So it really outlines the unhealthy work culture we have found ourselves in, and I'm sure many of um, you listening might find yourself in as well. Uh, So we have also seen a tremendous shift because of technology, cell phones being part of it. Um, Now, especially, um, you could say, the, the rise of the remote worker or the digital nomad, as it's also called. And this whole uh, rise of this type of new worker uh, has accelerated uh, exponentially due to the COVID pandemic and people having been forced to, you know, work remotely in the first place. And I see this as a very positive shift for many different reasons. Um, This also caused the rise of the coffee shop workers. Um, You've oftentimes seen people working um, from uh, different uh, restaurants or coffee shops. Uh, there it is, it's great and it's a good shift um, away from at least a quite toxic and destructive work culture. 
but also it does lead to people still being isolated um, in many capacities, be it either working from home or even, you know, even though working in a coffee shop, maybe not interacting as much with other people. But this is as a, a tremendous step further on because there is a lot of chats and good conversations happening in that setting, especially if you're intentional about it, which I encourage anyone to do if you're moving or, or are working in that type of um, scenario. So I would really encourage every single person to invest your time um, to read a book called Digital Minimalism by Cal Newport, which powerfully discusses what technology has done to our, uh, our brains as well as why we're lacking so much deep and meaningful relationships and social integration with other people because of what technology has done to us. And instead of taking the, the kind of like one-sided, limited approach of saying, oh, wow, okay, let's do a wave technology altogether, the approach in Cal Newport's book is much more holistic to say, how can we holistically and healthfully include technology so it still serves us and balance our time and lifestyle so that we um, find purpose and meaning and joy and fulfillment in our lives. Now, here I, I rely heavily going ahead on a summary um, written by Nina Semchak. I hope I'm saying a synonym correctly. But you can just Google um, her book review titled Five Practices to Put in Place from Digital Minimalism, which I'll delve into next. But I encourage you to read her full um, article. And uh, in summary, it's, in, it's good to um, th think about how technology steals time. Um, for us to uh, think deeply, um, to be ourselves, to learn who we are, how we think. In a lot of this, uh, I also highly recommend that every single person on the planet watches The Matrix because if you think you're not influenced by the technology, um, in one way or another, you're asleep. Um, and it's important to watch that movie to see... How much of the script of the life that we live has been either envisioned by people that are quite good at seeing what will happen in the future or the script that was written and is played out behind the scenes um, somewhere by powerful people. And also how all of this disconnection and connection to technology particularly has led to a lack of personal growth and a fragmented th thought patterns and obviously poor um, and broken relationships uh, between um, human beings in this world. And uh, in his book, uh, Cal Newport's book, he, he discusses a specific philosophy when we think about digital minimalism, which I'll read out to you. And it's, it says in his book, it, in his own words, this way, it's a philosophy of technology use in which you focus your online time on a small number of carefully selected and optimized activities that strongly support things you value and then happily miss out on everything else. So what this means is you can say goodbye to FOMO or the fear of missing out by using or um, you know, following the, the strategies outlined in his book. So the question arises, what are your values? good things to start thinking about and journaling on in this while well, we're now coming into the December holidays here in South Africa lovely summer summer holiday no snow sunshine beach and lots of time I trust people spending outdoors good time to ponder about 
what are your values? What do you enjoy spending time on? Um, the people you like spending time with, the activities you enjoy doing, start writing and journaling on those things. So do you value being part of a thriving community that supports you no matter what? Uh, not just when it's going good, but when literally the salami hits the fan. Um, there's friends that stick around when things go bad. And all of those things are good to ponder. And why aren't those things a part of your own personal life? And I'll be giving strategies later on to cultivate more of, more of the deep, meaningful community life um, in your personal life. Uh, the second point in um, Nina's book summary talks about stepping away from the phone, which is also being called or catchphrased the digital detox, which um, if you read the book, which I read through, you know, uh, I listened through, I'm an audible person, but, but uh, yes, is the concept of, it should be more correctly called digital declutter. What I found fascinating about this, now we delve deeply into this book in a book discussion um, about middle of last year where I took a group of people through a 30-day digital detox challenge and I learned so much and I created so much valuable resources and compiled, stockpiled literally, a, a number of free resources which I'm happy to share with anyone who reaches out to me. The best thing would be to reach out to me um, on social media, be it um, Facebook Messenger, um, or email me directly, uh, but the links are all connected to my podcast channel. And uh, what we learned is, is that when you especially delve deeply into the book, is it's more of a process of like taking an accountant's approach to the time you spend on social media and digital technologies and being very particular about saying, yo, these things are areas I want to spend time on. This is valuable to me, obviously delving to your values first and then spending time on them and cutting out everything else. And then also like a, you know, accountant on your time, being mindful of the time you actually spend and putting time aside in particular slots of the day to be on whatever technology you choose to be. Many people uh, recognize that they can cut out many social media platforms completely. Others are essential for their growth um, in many different areas. And many people decide that they don't need to spend time every day on either particular social media platform, but maybe only uh, an half an hour dedicated on a Saturday morning or whatever it might look like in your weekly schedule when that seems to be a good time. So, and then Nina goes further to say we, well, this is all summaries from the book, but we need to spend time alone. Now, you know, all these things that are being listed are, grounded in Cal Newport's book by a body of scientific evidence and epidemiological studies that would put to rest anyone that thinks about what's the value of these things. These are practices that have been followed by the most successful people in history. Many of the American presidents are quoted here in this section of the book where you spend time walking. Walking by itself um, is a practice that is undervalued um, and it has tremendous, tremendous potential to um, improve your wellness and your well-being. Also the power of journaling for that same matter. And more particularly in the context of what we, we're discussing, spending time away from your phone altogether. And then it delves into how to replace social media with real connection, at least strongly emphasizing that value. 
one thing to note is that um, even though we've been habituated to texting and well, WhatsApping or whatever messenger service you use, um, prefer to use, that is not real communication. Communication is a, it's a conversation. I think voice notes are better, slightly better, and much better in many ways, but it can never replace real time spent with real people in real deep and meaningful conversations. So it's good to draw some boundaries in your life and being straight to the point and potentially saying it's like, yo, this conversation is nice and all, but let's meet for coffee um, or call me. But ideally meeting people in person is the whole point here. And the last point, spend your free time in worthwhile pursuits or otherwise called reclaim leisure time. What would you be able to do with your life if you recognize that you're losing an hour or more every single day on mindless scrolling or not building real meaningful and deep friendships or relationships in your life? Would you potentially join a local training group to up, uh, up your fitness game or join a community that's involved in a hobby that you are deeply passionate about and grow friendships there and grow into the hobby um, that gives you uh, joint fulfillment? All things to think about. Now, I uh, saw another side of the work culture myself from my experience. Um, a couple of years ago, I worked in Thailand at a, a luxury wellness sanctuary and spa called Kamalaya on an island called Samui and a beautiful honeymoon destination. And uh, it's one of the top 10 rated wellness retreats and spas in the entire world. And definitely under the top three when it comes to wellness destination, uh, the, the beauty of the resort, as well as the, the restaurant having won many, many awards still up until this day for their nutritious cuisine. But what sets them apart is their, um, the approach of the wellness department to uh, taking people's hands on a journey of wellness. So they hired naturopaths from all over the world, which is how I came up on the position. I was hired as a naturopathic doctor to work there as a wellness consultant. And every single guest that booked, is booked in was automatically assigned a naturopath to guide them through their stay, where we facilitate every fa facet of their stay to make sure that they do have a deeply transformative wellness experience. They're particularly well-known for their detox programs, which I'm very um, grateful to have excelled in and learned a lot from and learned constantly still teach people about how to do a holistic detox program but not to get sidetracked um, what happened there is i saw a wellness work culture in play where it wasn't just said but it was it was acted out every single day that we as a work culture a wellness family this is what we called ourselves the wellness family um, had each other's back at every single moment. We had an open door policy. Anyone could knock on the door and ask for advice, come up with a challenging situation, um, or potentially just come sit down and chat about a tough patient, a tough client we saw, which we saw obviously many of. No, Well, let's say it this way. When you work in a wellness industry resort like the standards of this one, you get the CEOs, the celebrities, you see different sides of people when they are, and this is their points I'm trying to make, when they are in a environment of work where they are constantly in flight or flight mode, you build so much stress in your body, you eventually 
you know, explode that out onto someone else, um, which I emphasized a lot in the previous episode two of this pod, the podcast series. And we unfortunately had that and we had to go through that. In fact, we encouraged it because the conversations we had made those things come to the surface. We even did something called emotional consultations, which is something I highly recommend. Every single person also does at least once in their life, potentially multiple times with some sort of um, coach or counselor to actually delve into their emotional state and what triggers them. So we actually facilitated those things and guided them through emotional change. We even had a program called Embracing Change, which was our emotional balancing program. But in essence, what I'm trying to say is that we worked in a, a work culture where we felt supported. We encouraged each other to keep balanced in terms of um, work, play, exercise, uh, spending a f social time, going out, uh, going to the beach, going dancing, whatever it was, going out to amazing restaurants on the island. So it was a different type of work culture that I am grateful to have experienced and I teach about to other companies and businesses. So I realized that um, many of um, us have in our work life, have worked for businesses or companies that um, host team building events. Us coming now into this end of this year in December, sure many people might have had some team building events or at least their AGMs or the annual general meetings usually combined with team building events, if not done maybe in the beginning of each year. And I was very fortunate while I was um, con uh, completing a course, a year-long training course in Port Alfred to have worked at a adventure center um, that rented out many different adventure equipment. And we were asked to do um, team building events and I was tasked by for uh, orchestrating the games and activities and actually leading and coaching a group through a team building event. And it was so fulfilling. It was so exciting to see people with their different personalities and types <laughs> navigating through these complex games that I orchestrated for them. And, you know, it does like, make me reflect and realize this point that I wanted to emphasize. People are amazingly unique, amazingly complex, and it really takes patience and effort and discipline to really get to know what makes another person tick, or what really makes them react in a certain way in a certain situation, particularly maybe a new situation outside of their box or a stressful situation like the ones we created for them. Um, and the question comes up, why can't we do things like this more frequently? Most of us spend most of our lives at a work or a business or a company. And we would do well to be in the position to get to know other people better and to have more, in essence, fun activities and to build deep relationships between each other, seeing each, each other also in different situations. And at the end of it, the bigger goal, having fun along the way, making it a playful experience. And if you're asking yourself the question, oh man, I would love to have that, but you know, my boss wouldn't allow it or my company doesn't allow that. Well, that's something to question for sure. But then one answer might be uh, to quote Gandhi, be the change you want to see in the world. What can you do in your current position or business or company? Could you host a dinner party or a games evening or invite friends out for dancing or other socials? There's always a step you can take. And I trust many of you will be inspired and get ideas 
from either the resources in this podcast or other resources I can share if you reach out to me privately to transform your work culture by having this discussion with your boss. Because if anything from the wellness work culture revolution that's happening shows that when employees are happier, they work better and they perform better and they get more done in less time. And there's many things to dive in the, into this subject, but that's a separate mastermind that um, I could uh, present and have presented on different form formats in the past. So if you're interested, reach out to me or leave a comment on this podcast so we can delve into that deeper. So getting to the juicy stuff. We want to, in essence, pull all these things together. I've outlined, you might have noticed, work and then play. And now we recognize that all things are one. Why can't those two things actually be the same thing? I'm going to read to you a quote by James A. Mishener. The master in the art of living makes little distinction between his work and his play, his labor and his leisure, his mind and his body, his information and his recreation, his love and his religion. He hardly knows which is which. He simply pursues his vision of excellence at whatever he does, letting others to decide whether he is working or playing. To him, he is always doing both. This is what I envision for all of you. And to find more of this in your life, you would be, I think, impressed to start noticing, and I can testify to this, um, that the global work culture, the global business and uh, company, you know, setting are now actively hiring wellness coaches and consultants to do just the type of, you could say, adjustments or fixing to get more of the wellness work culture going. And you, I've given you many tools to do that for your, in your own setting and um, identify this role in your own work company. Um, and have people come in to fulfill this role of creating a balance. And I, I will guarantee to you when the scientific evidence um, and studies that have been done and the practical examples like Mind Valley are all laid out in a clear and concise way to any company, business, or um, boss, it'll be more than evident for them to see that it's the best step that they would ever take. Even if it was just on the level of getting seeing that every employee gets the same amount of work done in four hours than they would have done in um, eight hours because of implementing these changes. And you will be happier and healthier and the company would be wealthier on their journey of pursuing whatever vision or mission, which I trust they have strongly conveyed to you along their way. If none of these things apply and you can't apply them, well, it's potentially a good time to start um, spicing up your CV Start planning and seeing how you can make a strategic shift or potentially work for yourself, starting your own company or business, becoming an entrepreneur, which is something that must, mustn't be taken on lightly because I think there's a lot of um, kind of like um, over emphasis of 
all the perks of that type of life, these things are can be very, very hard work. Um, but it really depends on your the people that are supporting you. I know for a fact that my life has dramatically changed since I had a life coach. And I have many people that coach me in any different areas of wellness and health. So when you have, and my life coach is also a business coach. So when you have the support and the right tools in your hand, many doors will and can open up um, for you. And the last tool that I want to give to you. Now, we'll be delving into coming into the 27th of December on a um, mastermind um, online webinar. I'm actually the, the facilitator or co-host with my life coach, Claire Borsoff, tackling goal setting for 2024. And what we'll be discussing is actually a mind value tool called the three most important questions which takes a radical and a phenomenal approach to goal setting and pursuing your life purpose and vision in a short format it takes you five to ten minutes uh, close to ten minutes to be honest to complete the actual th three most important questions and for every single person that does this be it if they recognized immediately or later on in life is life-changing and um, love to take you through that tool so that you can start, you know, the new year 2024 fresh with the perspectives and vision and clarity that it will give you to that you're pursuing your goals in a deep and meaningful way, especially to round off for discussion for today, towards deep and meaningful relationships with other people. So that they're supporting you and you're clear on your life purpose and vision and mission so that you know what type of people you need in your life to achieve those goals and then how many of them will come alongside you and become your best friends and who knows for those out there that are not married who knows who you'd meet who you could partner with and who knows meeting your soulmate there on the journey as a fruit of that meaningful and deep pursuit this is dr Detoy. Signing off for today's podcast episode. Thank you for listening. Coming into almost half the way, half an hour mark, as I like to round off for all of our sessions. I deeply value and appreciate your time and dedication to your well-being journey. And I envision that you will find all the relationships and deep, meaningful social connections out there that your heart desires as you delve into and ponder on and journal about the things we discussed today have a blessed day ahead or a fantastic evening if you're listening at night and may you only experience more and more abundance in every area of your life as we delve deeper p.s sneak peek i think the next episode will delve into another pillar of health discussing life purpose and vision cheers everyone